You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most passionate business owners on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. In the heart of Muskoka, home to some of Canada's finest nature and cottage escapes, there lies a town called Bracebridge. It's a place you can come to create, to taste, and to truly live. There's nothing quite like it. Which is why I'm so excited to bring you a special six-episode series in partnership with this magical little town. I'll be sitting down with local shop owners, restaurateurs, visionary entrepreneurs, artists, and above all, kind-hearted individuals who love sharing a piece of the town they live in. Bracebridge, Ontario is the perfect place to escape for an adventure, for relaxation, and to live out your own most visionary life. Be sure to stay in the loop with what's going on at Visit the Bridge on Instagram, V-I-S-I-T-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. A quick announcement up top. If you are a solopreneur or small business owner that struggles with pulling all of the pieces of your marketing plan or strategy together, I've got something for you. On September 14th, our brand new marketing bootcamp begins and time is running out to grab exclusive bonuses and pre-sale pricing. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, here's the deal. I will be your coach while we work through the Marketing Mastery Intensive together. This is a signature program from the Visionary Method for small business owners who are making at least 50K in revenue and who want to elevate their marketing strategy. I created this framework because these marketing principles are timeless, they are wealth producing, they are little known, and they often go ignored by modern marketing people. So for three months, we're going to work together. I will drip you mind-blowing content applicable homework challenges, and it's going to be so much fun. So learn more right away, kelseyridel.lpages.co slash marketing, or find the link in the show notes. You don't want to miss this. See you on September 14th. Okay, on to the episode. When you think gluten-free, do you think flavor-free, texture-free, taste-free, I know I once did until I started finding gluten-free options to my typical pastas and pastries that actually tasted better than anything I could find at the conventional grocery store. It is truly possible. In today's episode, I am sitting down with Stephanie Dunn, and she is the co-owner of Muskoka's first dedicated gluten-free facility and sit-down restaurant called The Pasta Shop. The Pasta Shop by Beat the Wheat is the brainchild 
of owners Stephanie and her husband Adam. Their shop features an incredible array of products ranging from fresh gluten-free pastas, gluten-free entrees, gluten-free breads, and pastries. As I mentioned earlier, the pasta shop by Beat the Wheat is the only restaurant in Muskoka that is 100% gluten-free and peanut-free. And though some critics may have worried that there was not a large enough market for these types of products in Canada's cottage country, Steph and Adam have proven that that is simply not true especially when your gluten-free offerings are equally or even more tasty than the non-gluten-free counterparts. So Steph is soft-spoken yet powerful, and although her husband and co-founder Adam was unable to join, I know you're going to love hearing how the idea for a gluten-free shop came to be. We're also talking about why they settled on Bracebridge as their location, how they maintain a strong rapport with their community and their customers, why no market is too small or too defined, how to get scrappy with your marketing, how they got their products into Sobeys, which is one of Canada's largest grocery store retailers, and so much more. Also, just a quick side note, I mentioned at the beginning of our interview that this is the final episode of the Bracebridge series. This was my final recording in real time, but because of the way I'm airing them, there is one more in the series next week. So don't forget to screenshot this episode, do it right now, and then post it, tagging myself, Kelsey Rydell, and Visit the Bridge. You could be entered just by doing that for a weekend getaway in Bracebridge. Guys, it is beautiful there. You have so much to do if you win this getaway weekend. You could explore, you can shop, you can eat, you can hike. Um, and, you know, time's running out to get your entry in there. So screenshot this episode, post it, tag us on Instagram, and good luck. So on to today's episode. Steph, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I am so thrilled because you are the final interview in our Bracebridge series. So it's such an honor to chat with you. And I can't wait to hear the story behind how you got to where you are today. So thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, let's start with some quick fire questions to warm you up. Number one, where did you grow up? I grew up in Mississauga, Ontario. Hmm. And then you ended up in Bracebridge. How? Okay. So um, I, Adam and I lived in Whistler for five years um, in early 2000. And then um, we decided to grow our family and have our first child and decided that, well, we want to be closer to family. So we uh, decided to move back to Ontario. Um, while we were trying to figure out where in Ontario we wanted to move back to, um, we, you know, talked about our experiences as children and where we kind of, we didn't want to move back to the city. So I grew up coming to Muskoka my entire childhood. My grandparents live up here. They own a store called Robinson's General Store in Dorset. Um, that's where I worked in summer during the summertime. And then, um, I just felt that Muskoka was, a place a great place to raise a family and we knew a few people a few friends that we had met in college in London Ontario 
um, that were starting a business called the Griffin Gastro Pub. And uh, they really convinced us to try it out in Bracebridge. So we packed up our lives in Whistler, BC and drove a U-Haul across the country and arrived in Bracebridge in 2008, August 2008. Wow. So that was Jed and Kurt that you knew from college? Kurt and Gavin. Kurt and Gavin. That we knew in London, Ontario. That's very cool. So by this point, the listeners have heard the episode about the Griffin Pub. So now they can put it into context. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I think that's, uh, it's a big change, right? To, to make the move across the country and to decide on where you want to start your new life. Um, but it, I think it's really cool to hear that you, you know, you kind of just chose something on a whim. Yeah, you knew a couple people and you had a vision for your life. And um, it's not where you grew up, but you can find a place that brings you joy, um, even if you have never lived there before. And I think that's really cool to hear. And from the first day we moved here, we felt welcome. That's super inspiring. I love to hear that. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment in life or in business thus far? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, in life is having my two beautiful children, Caleb and Chloe. Um, And in business, I would say um, opening up the pasta shop in downtown Bracebridge, as well as um, we just recently last summer launched with with us uh, selling our Muskoka maple butter tarts in all Sobe stores across Ontario. So wow. that was an accomplishment for us because not only do we have a shop in downtown Bracebridge, we also do a wholesale business that we supply to various stores across Ontario. So you're busy. <laughs> a bit, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, all right. So I'd love if you could take us back to Number one, how you and Adam met. Um, I believe it was in culinary school. And yeah. then maybe just take us through that journey of what happened after you graduated. What were your first career paths? Um, take us back to that part in your life. Wow. So, yeah, Adam and I met at Fanshawe College in co- culinary school. Um, we started off as like best friends and spent a lot of time together being in class and hanging out socially. Um, And then um, I went to Whistler, BC to do my internship at the Fairmont Chateau Whistler. I thought I would only be there for a summer. And then I realized I absolutely loved Whistler and the people and um, I loved working for the Fairmont. So I ended up staying for five years. Adam came that summer, my first summer there. And same thing, he loved it there as well. And um, a few years, I guess a year later, we officially (laughs) um, started dating. And then, um, yeah, we lived there for five years. We decided to have a family. And then we moved to Bracebridge. And when we first moved to Bracebridge, we didn't know that we were going to open up a gluten-free pasta shop or anything like that. Um, I had worked various jobs. Adam worked various jobs in the community. It wasn't until Adam uh, worked at the Muskoka Natural Food Market as a chef and started doing um, gluten-free cooking demonstrations. And Adam's whole background is um, a 
Italian cooking and he used to have to make fresh pasta every day. And he was up for the challenge of making gluten-free fresh pasta for his demo. So uh, he went, made it. And the um, experience of the, um, the customers that were part of the um, workshop were like, this is the best pasta I've ever had. You've got to make this. You've got to sell this. And at the time, I was on mat leave with our second child and kind of figuring out a new career path. And I just said, why don't we just try and sell it at the farmer's markets? I'm home with the kids anyways. I need something to do. Why don't we just try and see how it goes? So um, we branded it, Beat the Wheat, and um, started going to local farmer's markets. And our first farmer's market, I sold out and realized the need for gluten-free products. So my background is baking, Adam's background is cooking, and um, we kind of worked together to create what is now the pasta shop and beat the wheat. So I do all the baking, Adam does all the cooking side of things. So Mm. yeah, So 10 years later, (laughs) we're still here. So cool. I'm wondering when you first kind of got that idea to start selling at farmer's markets and you said you started to brand it. Did you ever have a a point when you sat down and kind of like wrote out the five-year plan, the business plan, and were really detail-oriented? Or did you literally just do kind of like whatever it took to just get to that farmer's market and just see how it went? Were you more calculated or was it more go with the flow? Well, at the time when we first did, we were definitely more calculated. Like we had set up a business plan, but we didn't know before we did the farmer's market, like how popular it would be. And I guess with our branding too, people recognized it right away. Um, Beat the weed. It's a really catchy name. And um, Adam's uncle, who's a a graphic designer, designed our label. And he often designs um, product labels for larger food companies. So he knew the colors to use, the style to use. And I remember my first farmer's market People were like, I've seen you. Are you at grocery stores? And I'm like, this is the first time I've actually like, put my product out there into the market. So it was kind of neat to see. Seemed, sure. seemed more official than it actually was. But you're like, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So then after we we did like a summer farmer's markets, so that's when we like took the business more seriously and developed um, a plan. I definitely we did like a five-year plan when I went to culinary school I always envisioned having a bakery cafe slash deli that was kind of the whole goal of opening up or getting into culinary school um that changed a lot throughout my career path and then when we moved to Bracebridge um things just started falling into place and then three years after we started Beat the Wheat that's when we opened up the pasta shop and my dream mm. true. <laughs> so, so cool. So I want to take it back again. So you do that first farmer's market, you sell out. Then what happens after that? Like, did you just focus on farmer's markets for the next couple of years? Um, did you start looking to retail accounts? How did you decide to move forward when you had that proof of concept? So the first summer at farmer's markets, a lot of of chefs and um, retailers, local retailers would come to us and want to carry our products in their stores or 
on their menu. Um, we were also a part of Sabre Muskoka at the time, and that really kind of brought together food artisans and chefs um, together. And we would often do events. We would often, you know, talk about, you know, how to amalgamate all the businesses together and support each other because we do live in a seasonal small community in Muskoka. So we need to support each other. Um, so yeah, the first year, it was a busy year. We were doing wholesale, but at the same time, the farmer's market was that, that place where our customers could come and grab their orders instead of us having to go and drive them out because we went to, we started doing farmer's market the farmer's market in Bracebridge and then went to Gravenhurst, Rosso, Port Carling, Huntsville. So we ended up hitting all those main towns in Muskoka. So it made it easier for us to kind of start the wholesale side of Beat the Wheat. Mm-hmm. And then after I would say the fall, that's when we started launching um, Beat the Wheat in stores in downtown Toronto. Thanks to edX for supporting this week's episode of Visionary Life. edX offers top quality university education at your fingertips. Supporting learners at every stage, whether you're just entering the job market, changing career paths, or seeking a promotion, edX delivers online courses for visionaries like you on topics that you'll love, like marketing, entrepreneurship, and food and nutrition among many others. To kick off my own edX experience, I enrolled in a marketing course and just wrapped up an amazing lesson on the topic of real-time marketing, which is all about how we, as business owners and marketers, can incorporate the narrative of current events into our promotional strategies. Professor Darren shared so many real-life examples, and I loved listening to this lecture. I also appreciated that I could listen to the lecture at one and a half speed, yeah, I'm a little bit nutty like that, while folding my laundry, cooking dinner, hello multitasking. Visit edX.org slash visionary, that's E-D-X dot O-R-G slash visionary for an exclusive discount and start your learning today with top professors and instructors from a wide variety of prestigious universities. You'll be amazed that you're able to access this type of information without leaving your laptop. Offered fully online, edX courses are flexible and can fit into your busy schedule. What are you waiting for, Visionary? Again, simply visit edX.org slash visionary to get started. One more time, that's edX.org slash visionary. So what was that process like? So you said a lot of people approached you actually to sell your products in their store. So was that generally how it went? Or did you have to get out there and kind of pitch the concept and try to sell it into stores? Or was it a mixture of both? Um, Going into the city, because we weren't from Toronto, I would have to go and pitch them. Um, and, uh, you know, show them our product, do sample days in their stores. And again, a lot of our cottager customers live in the city and would also help support us and tell their favorite stores, specialty stores, that they want to beat the wheat products in their store. And then, so then when I would go to the stores, they would have already heard of our brand and our name. Mm-hmm. So it made it a little bit easier to get into the stores. Mm-hmm. Um we did, however, stop doing wholesale for a couple of years when we did 
launch the pasta shop because you know it's just Adam and I and we do live in a small community and um, sometimes it's difficult to get full-time year-round staff um, you know so it was at that time it was whatever Adam and I could manage so Mm -hmm. we decided okay we'll put a hold on um, doing wholesale focus on the pasta shop for a couple of years and then um, just last summer is when we kind of relaunched getting beat the weed into grocery stores again. Mm, Awesome. Now, did you know a lot of other people, other businesses at the time who were making gluten-free pasta, who had a similar product offering, or were you some of the only people you knew kind of doing what you were doing? At the time um, of when we first launched beat the wheat, no one was making gluten-free fresh pasta. We were definitely the first um, on the market. But then, you know, as we started doing more uh, gluten-free food shows and stuff, we started seeing them popping up a little bit more. Like even the main brands didn't really have, they had gluten-free pasta, dried pasta, but no gluten-free fresh pasta. I'd say in the past like five years, five to seven years maybe, that's when you started seeing more competition in that field. Mm-hmm. But now we've launched the gluten-free Muskoka maple butter tart and you don't see gluten-free butter tarts anywhere. And that's kind of what we've always done. We've always set ourselves apart from the rest, from the competition. We aren't going to bring into market a product that is readily available in grocery stores. We want to launch something that is unique, that our customers have been missing for years since being diagnosed with celiac disease or something that they've always wished they were able to try, but couldn't because they've been celiac their whole lives. We, I talk to our customers often about what are the products you want to see on the market? What are things that are missing that you can't get at the grocery store? And then I start experimenting. I get into the kitchen. I start, start experimenting and then I try to perfect it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm always asking for my my customers' feedback. I think that's such an important business business lesson, um, especially for anyone listening who aspires to start a business or is in the early stages, that you have to talk to your customers, right? Like you may think you know what they want, but until you get into conversation with them and ask them questions and get them to kind of fill out surveys or, or share their um, their goals, then you don't actually know what to create for them. And I think um, that's so perfect that you were able to talk to them and say, what are you missing the most? And then go create that because then you know there's already a demand for it and, and your customers probably love that you're able to fill that. So let's go back to when you launched your first official bricks and mortar. So you called it the pasta shop by Beat the Wheat. So what was the drive behind launching a physical location? What pushed you to want to do that? So as I uh, said before, um, when I first originally got into culinary school, I always envisioned having my own shop or bakery. Um, This location We were actually at a crossroads in our business. Um, I had a full-time job. Adam was focusing solely on our business and we were trying to figure out, we were kind of hitting a bunch of bumps in the road as far as getting our product outside of Muskoka, um, trying to get a distribution company that would come as far north 
as Bracebridge. Um, so we, at the time of, the, of that discussion, we were either going to be done with our business or do something different. Um, this, we kind of, the shop, our first shop kind of fell into our laps. Um, we knew the previous renters. They were planning on not um, continuing on with the rent. And I just saw the shop. It was this cute little tiny like shop that had like a European feel. And it, was, it wasn't too big that we would feel like we'd break the bank to open up a bricks and mortar establishment. It had a big kitchen space. Um, at the time we were working at Deerhurst Resort in their kitchen and they were actually demolishing the building that our kitchen was in. So it was like so many things were kind of like, it's either we stop doing this or we do something different or get our own establishment. So um, in May of 2010, um, we, or sorry, 2000, oh, I think it was 2014, um, we opened up the pasta shop and, um, it was this little tiny shop. We only sold pasta because again, I was working full time. So I wasn't doing any of the baking at the time. So it was all cooked, everything, anything that Adam could kind of, uh, could make and, um, kind of brought back all the old recipes and ideas that he had had in his training in Whistler. And, um, we did pre-made meals and um, fresh pasta every day. We do different flavored fresh pastas, um, sauces that people could come and pick up and take home. It was, it was such a cute little tiny shop. And then once we had opened the shop, I realized this is what I want to do. I want to work in my business again. I got excited about Beat the Weed again. And I am so customer oriented. That I was like, I want to see our customers. I was almost jealous about him that he got to work in the shop and I was working a full-time job and all I wanted to do is be in my shop and any chance I could get, I was in that shop, you know, tending to customers. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was exciting. Um, it's just so crazy to think back on, you know, mm -hmm. when you first like decide whether or not to continue on with your business or go on in a totally different direction. So, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you highlighted that, that the the entrepreneurial journey is not always like very steady. Like you kind of go through ebbs and flows sometimes <laughs> of being like, I know what I want to do. I love my business. I have the clear vision. And then other times it's like, I'm not sure. Are we making the right choice? Do we need to pivot? And that's normal, right? Like you're mm -hmm. always going to have those highs and lows, those good day, bad days. And when you have those off days, I think it's important to recognize that it's not that your idea is bad. It's not that your business isn't no, going to work, no, no. but you may need to either take a step back or think about how you can pivot, how you can reignite that fire. Like for you, you said you loved seeing your customers um, mm -hmm. face to face. And so for you, that was a nudge to like, oh my gosh, I want to be back in the shop. Like that's probably where you shine is in building relationships Absolutely. and saying hello to people and asking them like, you know, what they missed the most when they went gluten free and, and getting into those deeper conversations that really it's relationship building that probably make people come back to beat the wheat over and over and over. Absolutely. Um, 
obviously starting a bricks and mortar business comes with challenges, right? It's not only that you have to be open certain hours, but you know, there's a seasonal um, kind of flow in Bracebridge, there's staffing. I'm wondering for you guys, what were some of the early challenges that you remember in those first couple of years? Those two things that you just said, (laughs) the seasonal community and staffing, like trying to find Uh, year-round staff and trying to keep, you know, customers coming in in the middle of winter because, you know, our population is cut in half after, you know, Labor Day weekend. So it's, uh, yeah, we were always trying to figure out what we could do. What what new can we bring onto the menu? How can we bring people into the store, like our local clientele? We, um, I would go out and hand out menus to all the BIA businesses downtown. I would go to the district offices, to the fire department, police department, go to all those uh, larger businesses, hand them our catering menus and, you know, always be in their face. Anytime we had like lunch specials, I would make a poster and hang it in their lunchroom and just like be in our customers, our local customers' faces to be like, we're still here. Come, come check us out. Come see what we're doing. And I felt that was really helpful. You have to hit the pavement, especially when you're in a small town. Because, you know, people like in anywhere, any community, you just, you're on your route, continue with your routine. And you don't try something new. And because we were a gluten-free pasta shop in downtown Bracebridge, we have a population of 16,000 people, you know, how many of those people are looking for a product like ours? So we, when we started our bricks and mortar business, we didn't really want to push the whole gluten-free in our customers' faces. We were a pasta shop. So if you're looking for pasta, you come to our shop. Um, And then once I I left working my full-time job, I really brought in a lot of the baking. Um, We started doing fresh breads and butter tarts and but when we made the butter tarts we made them with Muskoka maple syrup like we just tried to incorporate as much local products as we could um and we use quality ingredients and you know again getting our customers feedback on our products and we make gluten-free not taste gluten-free you would have had you would have no idea that our products are Mm gluten-free so that's kind of what we did to keep us afloat in the off season. I love that. So you said, obviously, like hitting the pavement, handing out those flyers, putting up the posters with the lunch specials. Um, Over the past few years, or maybe in the early days, what were some of the other really valuable marketing strategies or marketing efforts that you guys deployed that you feel brought in customers, whether it was, you know, something you did online or just relationship building? What worked when it came to growing your audience and your customer base? So I would have to say being a part of your community. So when we first um, got into business, we were a part of so many different like business um, organizations and I would go to all the different BIA meetings and chamber of commerce meetings and just getting your, yourself out there um, doing any community um, events that the town was doing or any of that all of Muskoka was doing. Um, we would be there. We would be donating food. We also did healthy lunches in all the public schools in, in Bracebridge. So a 
of, and when we started doing that, we started realizing how many children in the public school system couldn't eat healthy lunches, couldn't have pizza day or or sub day or whatever because they were celiac or dairy free and everything has cheese and, and bread in it. So when we started doing the healthy lunches, that was a huge way of getting to those customers that may not have necessarily come to us also because their kids were talking about how they love getting mac and cheese uh, for their healthy lunch instead of the same old, you know, sub or pizza lunch. So again, we, we brought our little kid customers something different and then they would go and tell their parents the next day about like how awesome their lunch was. So just getting out into your community and um, getting your face out there, being the face of your business. That's the number one thing for us. When people come into our shop, they see us behind the counter. If they have any questions or concerns about anything, they come to us. So I think that's also what's really helped us become successful is even like, you know, this time of year when cottagers are coming back, um, they look forward to seeing us when they when they come in the doors. Um, you really get that those relationships, those year to year relationships. We've had the same loyal customers since I started working at the farmers markets ten years ago. So mm-hmm. it's just, and they're it's just so neat for them to see our business grow year after year because mm-hmm. every year I feel like there's something new that we're doing. So yeah, and that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you can do so many different things. No one's going to tell you, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Which for some people is terrifying because they're like, if nobody tells me what to do, then what do I do? But it sounds like you have that inner fire to figure (laughs) out the next step. And I love that you say like be the face of your business and like step out there and like show face because it's like, you know, I might drive by the pasta shop and look at a storefront, but I'm a human being. I don't necessarily connect with a sign or I don't connect mm-hmm. with a shop. But when I meet another human, i.e. you or Adam or whoever's working in the store, I'm a person connecting with another person. And you tell me about the story and you share why you started your business. And all of a sudden, I feel connected to you. I feel like I want to support you. I feel like I want to go back into the store every couple <laughs> weeks, right? Because I now know the person behind the brand. And I think Absolutely. that that's so powerful. Like you said, get out to your community events, show up and donate food if possible. And like those efforts, um, like they will pay off because people want to get to know you and and they want to hear about your vision. Thank you to Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all of your natural health and supplement needs, and they have the best prices, I promise you. I've been shopping at Healthy Planet for over five years, and that is why I am so grateful to have them as sponsors, because I know you're going to love how easy their online or in-person shopping experience is. You can find them at www.healthyplanetcanada.com. On their website, you can shop by department or dietary need, or even you could just pop in and check the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure that you're stocked up on all of your favorite health goods 
all of the time. Use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout. That's VISIONARY10. And you'll save 10% on any online order. That's a minimum of $49. So again, that's the code VISIONARY10 at checkout at HealthyPlanetCanada.com. So when you look at where the shop is today, like, is this your end point? Is this where you're happy and you kind of want to keep what you have and maintain it? Or do you guys have some like grand plan for the next five, 10 years? Where do you fall in that? Oh, we've got, we've got lots of plans. <laughs> I feel That's like our awesome. plan, we have, we have an ongoing business plan that every year in January, Adam and I sit down, we revisit our business plan and we kind of plan what our new goals are for that year. Cool. So this year is focusing on our wholesale business and expanding our wholesale line. Um, so be, since working with Sobeys um, last uh, last June, they have been wanting our more products. They want they know that we we create more products. They're like, when can you get those in, into our stores? So that's kind of what this year's plan is, is um, getting a district. We have a distribution company now working with us, Fresh Spoke, um, which has been great. And we're going to be launching new products in the fall, just getting the summer under our belts. And then, um, yeah, so that's our goal this year. But every year there's always something new. And I can't even tell you what's going to happen in five years. That is so exciting. And for those listening who don't know, Sobeys is one of Canada's larger grocery store chains. Um, I'm wondering, how did that relationship come about? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? They actually approached us. Um, They were doing like a new um, local product uh, uh, campaign. Yeah. And um, we've been a part of um, uh, FedNor. We do the Royal Winter Fair every year since pretty much we started our business. And um, the uh, the um, agricultural, uh, the food and agriculture um, of Ontario kind of approached us and said, hey, Sobeys is doing um, a local product uh, campaign and they have asked um, if you would be a part of it. So we pitched some like some of the big corporate uh um, managers and they loved our product. We brought them samples of butter tarts. And I feel like we, we had this whole, like this whole meeting planned out and we had like this PowerPoint presentation and everything like that. And I also had like handouts and stuff. We didn't even get through the PowerPoint presentation. They just kept eating our butter tarts and they're just like, these are so good. And they just kept talking about the product. So it, it like my whole presentation was just like gone so we just had like conversation about my butter our butter tarts and Mm -hmm. they brought them in right away so that's really great Sobeys has been a really great company to work for too because they let us like launch slowly and not like all at once um, because we were also in the process of uh, developing our um, kitchen and it was coming into busy season at the shop so we had just like launched with 50 stores instead of all of the Sobe stores. So wow. it was, it was really good. Yeah. That's so cool. And I think that's like the truest testament of having a great business is when, Hey, when the product sells itself, you don't need to do much talking, right? They yeah. just need to experience how amazing and how tasty all of your products are. So that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. 
Um, I'm wondering, what does a typical day in the life look like for you at this point? Obviously, every day is probably quite different, but could you paint us a picture of what a day or a week looks like? Yeah, for sure. So I like to have my mornings enjoying a cup of coffee. Yeah. Usually during our coffee, Adam and I kind of sit and chat about what our day is going to look like, because like you said, every day is different. I can have a plan of what my week's going to look like, but as um, orders come rolling in and, you know, having staff and you just never know what's going to happen day to day. And that's also the exciting part of, you know, owning your own business. Um, so we go day by day. Then usually I go into the production kitchen. I like to set out my, my plan for the, my production, my production prep list for the day. And then uh, I usually make a lot of bread. <laughs> right now I do a lot of bread. Um, and then I have, uh, I have a team who does all my butter tart production and they are amazing. Um, so yeah, we just, I do a lot of the bread and specialty baked goods. And then I have uh, a team that does butter tarts and I oversee it. And then I often have to get the orders for our online store, uh, for wholesale. I need to collect those and then like our local wholesale and then, um, any orders for the shop. Um, I need to kind of prepare myself for the day. So yeah. And then usually the afternoon I go to the shop, help them out. I like to be in the shop at least three times a, a week. Um, because again, that's what I love. I love being in the face of our business. I like seeing our customers, especially this time of year. Um, yeah. So mm. that's kind of a, my day. <laughs> How have you found the whole process of growing a team? Does that come naturally to you and Adam? Or has it been challenging to kind of find the right people and manage them? I, <laughs> I'm a bit of a control freak. So <laughs> I sometimes have a hard time letting go of my responsibilities. Yeah. Um, Adam is a really good um, team manager. He, he's even good sometimes with me when I get overwhelmed. He just like calms me down and is like, okay, Steph, what's important right now? And it's like, okay. And then I can start focusing on the important mm -hmm. stuff instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed and I can't do, you know, all these things. And yeah. I often do feel like um, I need to let go of more of my responsibilities and hand them off to our staff. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's also has something to do with like being an entrepreneur and growing your business with just the two of you and then having to start letting those pieces go and making sure that the quality control is still there and that, you know, if I'm not at the shop, that our customers are still getting that experience. If I'm not the face of our business and we've been so fortunate that we have had amazing staff work at mm -hmm. our shop, especially um, that do share that story and um, our values in our, in our shop and our customers, you know, they always share that. And my customers would be the first to tell us if they didn't, feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they've been loyal to us for our entire life of our business. So yeah, it's, uh, I would say I'm not a natural leader. Um, that is definitely something that I have to work on. Um, mm -hmm. 
just, yeah, letting things go Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the greatest challenges of anyone who is expanding their team and bringing on other people to share in the vision. It's like, how do I, how do I bring you in on the baby that I created? So it can definitely be a struggle, but then also it's like, you know, it's necessary because you have a family, you have so many other roles that you need to be involved in, in your business. And it just probably doesn't make sense for you to be you know, molding out every single butter tart anymore, (laughs) (laughs) much as you might like to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so awesome. So being that this is a series to spotlight the incredible town of Bracebridge, I'm wondering, how would you describe Bracebridge in just one or two words? One or two words. I know that's hard. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Because I like... I find Bracebridge is so, I would say, definitely welcoming and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it's just from the day we rolled into Bracebridge from BC, I've always felt welcome. Um, I just, the people here, just the environment, the rivers going through to the town, the beauty of nature around you. There's so much to do in Bracebridge. There's so many beautiful trails so much um, activities that you can do in downtown Bracebridge and surrounding areas for free. Mountain biking, you know, there's so much snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, you know, there's so much to do around here. Kayaking, canoeing, I just, the beauty of Bracebridge, for sure. That would definitely be my one word. And yeah, the welcoming atmosphere of our community. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty special too to move to a new city from day one to feel welcome. So I think that's absolutely really, that's when really we awesome. realize this is the place we want to raise our family. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for somebody listening to this podcast who aspires to open a business like you have, but they're worried that there's probably just no demand, or how are they ever going to do it in a smaller town? What advice would you give them to overcome that mindset block? Um, follow your dreams. If I honestly believe if you truly believe in your business and you truly believe that it will be successful, follow your dreams. Don't listen to anybody who's going to say, you know, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I don't know how you're going to make your, your rent or whatever. Just follow your dreams. And if you believe that it will be successful, it will be successful. Like for Adam and I, to open up a past a gluten-free pasta shop in downtown Bracebridge, <laughs> I am sure a lot of people thought we were crazy. Like a lot of people would come into our shop and say, why don't you just have a regular pasta shop made with wheat? It was like, no, we want to be different. We want to be unique. There's a need for our product out there. And if it wasn't for that attitude, we wouldn't be here today, 10 years later. So just follow your dreams and stay positive and stay focused on your goals Mm -hmm. and you will be successful. That's such good advice because you're right. Like if you don't believe in your vision, then nobody else is going to. But if you say your vision, you are so strong in your belief that this will work, people kind of just start to like latch on to that and they see you standing strong and shining bright and they're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I can get on board with this too. But in the early days, it has to be you that that keeps that strong. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Um, number one, where can people find you guys both in person and online? And then number two, if we had to walk out with two of your best products after visiting the shop, what two products would they be? <laughs> okay, so you can find us um, in downtown Bracebridge at 60 Manitoba Street, um, right downtown Bracebridge, right at the lights. Um, or you can visit our website and order online at www.beattheweek.ca. Um, and you can find us in also we stores and um, lots of other retailers in downtown Toronto. Um, and the two products that I think we sell the most of is definitely the Muskoka Maple Butter Tart and our gluten-free fresh pasta that started Beat the Wheat. Absolutely, hands down. Mm. amazing and I will link all of those in the show notes I would highly encourage people to either stop in and see you guys if they're in Bracebridge taking a weekend away or a day adventure from the city Um, but also to just check out what you guys are up to online I think it's so inspiring to hear that you really followed your dreams and opened up a niche in a small town and have found success and have you know grown your brand beyond just this little brick and mortar now it's available to to people all across the province so thank you so much for sharing the story for opening up Um, and I can't wait to pop into the shop soon and say hello in person so thanks so much Steph Thank you so much, Kelsey. Special thanks to the town of Bracebridge for supporting the Visionary Life podcast and for believing in our mission of spotlighting visionary entrepreneurs who are sharing their brilliance with the world through their unique businesses. If you'd like to learn more about this quaint little town in Ontario, head to visitthebridge.ca. That's www.visitthebridge.ca. I'll see you in the next episode. 